Why don't you take your seats? It's so good to have you all with us this morning. We are here. It's our first Sunday back. It feels a bit like back from the summer holidays, back to start this new um, season going into autumn. Who's glad to be back all together back in this morning? Just Isn't it great to be together as church family? Also, just want to give a special welcome to our latest edition of our church family, Baby Isaac. So let's give Steph and Talisha a big clap and Baby Isaac just to welcome him this morning. <laughs> Steph, we just really thank God for what he's doing in your life and the journey that you're on in just trusting him. And it's just really, um, really wonderful to have you with us today. So we just want to welcome you. Um, so it is back to school Sunday. It's the Sunday. Some children have even gone back yesterday, which I didn't, uh, not yesterday, Saturday. Why would they go to school on a Saturday? Oh, some parents would have like, hallelujah, praise the Lord after a long summer. Um, but Friday, I know a few of our children did go back to school. Um, I know tomorrow is a big day uh, in our house going back to school tomorrow. And it is, it does feel like a new start, a new season, back to uh, school, back to routines, back to coming back to a place, even as church is saying, okay, God, I want to come back to a place of just refocusing, uh, kind of re-collaborating and coming back to that point of coming together again as church family. And as we unpack different things throughout September about the vision that God has put on our hearts, I think it's going to be a sense of challenge, a sense of anticipation, a sense of excitement as we come together to around God's word. So quick question, as we have just come off the back of summer, who here loves camping? Wow, it's like a scattering of people. See, it's kind of a bit like Marmite camping, isn't it? You kind of either love it or you hate it. So um I've experienced some of these type of camping experiences, festival camping, been to several church festivals where you feel like you're just literally camping on a field with lots and lots of people around you. Anyone done that before? Bit of Soul Survivor camping, festival camping. Yeah, everyone's all in. It's a little bit crazy. Then you've got this sort of camping that some of you might have tried. It might have lasted till maybe 10 p.m. and then you've all gone back inside again. Camping in the garden with your children. Anyone done that before? So we haven't quite ventured into that yet. Um, don't have a tent, so couldn't just do it this summer. <laughs> oh, we've got beach tent, but didn't, wasn't quite ready for that. You might have experienced this type of camping before. Wild camping. Anyone done any wild camping before? Yes, we have got some hardcore wild campers in the room. Fantastic. That's a real, raw, really wild experience. And then you've got the glamping, which has become very fashionable, hasn't it? Glamping posh tents, electricity, you know, often there's a toilet there as well, you know, you've got everything going on, glamping. But I have actually had some really bad experiences with tents. Some of you might have had these experiences too. So first picture, my very first camping experience looked a bit like this. I was on a trip with a group of young people and so we sorted all of them out. Well, I didn't. People that knew how to put up a tent quite clearly sorted them out. And it was getting darker and darker and darker. By the time we even got to putting our tent up, it was up before we went to sleep, woke up in the morning and it felt like we were sleeping under what looked similar to this. So that wasn't a great experience. Then another camping experience that I had, which involved tents, 
Um, and quite an embarrassing story. When I go to new places sometimes and I'm in a new sleeping arrangement, whether that's in a tent, sometimes even in a hotel, or if when we moved house and we first got married, I very often can sleepwalk. Um, just a warning, if anyone ever has to share a tent <laughs> or a room with me on any occasion, and also sleep talk. So I was camping in a field in Soul Survivor with my friend Kate, and, <laughs> and I wasn't great with tents and the zips. You know, you have a zip for like the inside, then the zip for the outside. Well, I woke up suddenly in the middle of the night. Well, I wasn't really awake, I was still sleeping. I started shouting at my friend Kate saying, get out of the tent, you shouldn't be in here. Why are you in the tent? And then I tried to escape from her by zipping the tent. I was zipping the zip so much that all everyone could hear on the campsite was zip, 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 trying to get out of the tent. I quickly woke up and soon realized where I was and remembered that I was camping in a field and now everyone had heard what had happened and everyone found it very funny. So zips and tents and get definitely not my thing. Then you have the other experience which nobody likes. You never want to go on a wet camping trip, do you? Sometimes these occasions can happen, um, and it's not great when you have to get everything back out and hang it on the line. Even worse, when you are fairly newly married, you go to Slovakia, and everybody is camping. Like, we're all taking tents to camp in a field in Slovakia. And you're thinking, oh, it'll be okay. Gareth and I decided we were going to share with two of our friends because we were going with a group of youth. So Gareth was going to go with the guys. I was going to go with the girls. No problem. All sorted. Get our tents. Borrowed them from some Slovakians. Didn't realize they weren't waterproof. But somebody else managed to get a room inside one of the lodges. And I wake up on the morning dripping wet, sleeping bag soaking, everything looking like this picture. Gareth wakes up and uh, <laughs> um, is sharing a room with somebody else. Oh, how was your night's sleep? Oh, I managed to sleep in the lodge last night. <gasps> so as you can see, I've still remembered that. We spent many an anniversary in Slovakia in our first few years of marriage. And often um, that's what my tent experience looked like. And then it didn't end there. Oh, it will get better when we go next year. And then my last experience of being camping was actually being s finding out that there are bears on the campsite. So as you can see, for me, tents and camping, never particularly a great experience. But the reason I started off with that as an illustration this morning is because the theme of tents really does run through the passage that we're going to look at today. So if you've got your Bibles um, or you've got your phone with your Bible app on them, why don't you check out Isaiah and look for chapter 54. So Isaiah was a prophet and he's one of the major prophets in the Old Testament. And the book of Isaiah is a message both of warning and of hope. Though Israel will face consequences because they've rebelled and turned away from God, Isaiah's prophetic words are full of hope for the day when God will restore his people to himself. So this is the book of Isaiah, and we're going to look particularly um, at the first few verses of chapter 54. Isaiah 53 um, speaks of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on Calvary, an incredible chapter to read. Then Isaiah 55, which, com which comes after Isaiah 54, speaks of God's presence, speaks of his word, the gospel call to seek him while he may be found. And in the middle of those two chapters, we have Isaiah 54, speaking of the time when Israelites, the Israelites were distant from God. We see him speaking really clearly to his people about restoration, 
preparation for enlargement, stretching, and strengthening. So we're going to read it together. I'm going to read from the Amplified Version this morning. It says this. Shout for joy, O barren one. She who has not given birth, break forth into joyful shouting and rejoice. She who has not gone into labor with child, for the spiritual sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the site of your tent. And in the Amplified, it goes on to say, to make space for more children. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare them. Lengthen your tent ropes and make your pegs, your stakes, firm in the ground. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. And your descendants will take possession of nations and will inhabit deserted cities. I love that this chapter starts off with these words. Sing or shout, O barren one. Sing, O childless woman. Break out in joyful song and rejoice. You know, there's something happens when we begin to sing. There's something happens when we declare God's goodness. There's something happens when even when we might not be feeling it, even when we might be feeling dry, when we might be feeling barren, when we decide to choose to say, God, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to declare your greatness. I'm going to declare your goodness in my life. Even when I haven't seen the promises fulfilled, even when life is hard, I am still going to declare the goodness and the greatness of God. When God speaks to Isaiah and he begins to share this prophetic word, he's saying, come on, begin to sing above your circumstances, begin begin to declare who God is, because God is bigger than our expectations. He's bigger than our problems. He's bigger than the circumstances and the experiences that we might be facing, because why? Our God is a great God. He is bigger and far vast than we could ever begin to imagine or think. And when we begin to declare that, and we begin to have the faith to say, I'm going to put the words in my mouth to declare God's goodness and faith and believe for what he could do, then we need to be ready because God is going to do great things. William Carey, who's a missionary to India in, 19, uh, in 1792, he preached on this verse and the verses that we're looking at this morning. And he said this, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. When we have the expectation that God, you can do great things, that God is going to break through, then we can attempt to do those things for God. We can attempt to see things happen because God is with us. And when we expect him to do great things, he gives us everything that we need to be able to attempt and step forward into the great things that he wants to do in our lives. When we go back to Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 2, it goes on to say, Enlarge the site of your tents to make space for more children. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare them. Lengthen your tent ropes and make your pegs, your stakes, firm in the ground. When you look at this verse, it starts off with the word enlarge. Sometimes we think about the word enlarge and we think about numbers or we think about many, many big things. But God wants to enlarge us both spiritually and numerically. He wants us to grow as people. He wants us to grow as Christians. He wants us to grow and enlarge in our faith. But with that, we also need to be expecting that God wants to grow his church and his people. It's a very encouragement at the start of this verse to say, come on church, begin to think bigger. 
dream bigger, get a bigger perspective than where you are right now. When you look at the patriarchs throughout the Old Testament, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, they lived mostly in tents. And in Middle Eastern times, many people spent at least part of their time moving from place to place and dwelling in tents. They had a very nomadic lifestyle. So it's a very familiar way of life that Isaiah is speaking into as he shares this. And the tent or the family, um, the tribal leader of that time, it it would have been a center of community. And these groups would have formed around this tent and the dwelling of these families. And when Isaiah is referring to this process of enlarging your tent, when you put it into the context of what he was saying, what they would do is they'd have a tent that would look very similar to the one in the picture. And they rarely built or started all over again with new tents. What they would do to repair their tents, they would take a section, one section at a time, and they'd use about a year's worth of goat clippings, like hair from a goat, that they would use then to patch and start the next bit. And that's how they would repair and expand their tents. And then another section and another section. If they had a son and the son got married, what they would do is extend their tent So the son and his family could also live within their dwelling. And this sense of enlarging the site of your tent and seeing uh, it filled more space for children, that is what Isaiah is saying here. He's saying, enlarge it, make space, get ready, because there are more people. There are more people that are going to come into my kingdom. You need to be ready to stretch out, enlarge your tent further. You know, there's a spiritual enlargement that God wants to do through his church. Amen? You know, as we share the gospel with others and we see people come to Christ, we need to be ready to enlarge our tent. We need to be ready to go, okay, I'm going to create another space here because there's more people that need to hear your word. There's more people that are going to receive God's word. There's more people that are going to find salvation and God's saying, come on, make room, enlarge. Not just enlarging numerically, but saying, actually, when people get saved, I'm going to be a person that's going to enlarge my tent because I want to see those people discipled. I want to go on their jour- the journey with them. I want to welcome them into the family and make them feel a part of this church and this house. You know, we're really, really excited that tomorrow evening, 14 people have signed up to start Alpha. They're all in different places on their journey with God. Some have already said yes to Jesus. Others are just inquiring. Others have got all sorts of things going on, but they're saying, I want to take this journey and I want to choose to invest in this time to find out more about Jesus. You know, please pray for Howard and Judith and the team as they start this off tomorrow, for each person who is coming on the course, that they will have open hearts, that as we delve into the big questions of life, as we share and discover who Jesus is, that they would just experience the love and the freedom that we find in Jesus Christ. You know, when we look at this verse as well, I can't get away from the figurative um, side of this too, speaking about children, enlarging our space for more children. You know, even this morning, you don't have to be uh, too aware that there are more children and more families coming into the life of this church, which we're so excited about. You know, we want to create more space for more families. We want to create more space for our children and young people to grow. You know, this is already happening in so many different ways. We have new babies in the church this year. We have new families that have joined us. We have over 30 families every week 
that are coming regularly to toddlers. And over the course of the year, we've had 60 families come in, either through Baby Bank or through the toddler program. We are seeing families coming into the church week in, week out. The doors of the schools are opening back up to us. We are already connecting back in with Tenueth and with Cromlin High Level to be able to go in and to do assemblies, to start looking at ways that we can support the work that is going on there and able to, to be able to speak to over hundreds of children each and every week about Jesus. Now, this is why we have a PACE team joining us, because Gareth and I, the children's team, the youth team, we can't do it alone. And to have Maya and Deborah, who have now joined us, it's really exciting to see what God's going to do in this year ahead. Both through um, Maya and Deborah as they're coming in, and that we're discipling them on their journey as well. We're taking them on their journey of discovering God's plan for their lives. But in that, to see them actively being able to reach out to the children and young people, to get alongside, to mentor, support and disciple them. You know, as we pray for our children and young people this morning, we declare over them that they will shine like bright stars for Jesus in this world. You know, our our heart cry as we just come together this morning, the reason why we call all stars all stars is because exactly what it says in Philippians 2 verse 15, it says, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright stars in a world full of crooked and perverse people. We need to be praying for our children and our young people like never before. You know, the times that we're living in, the challenges that they're facing are far different to anything that we experienced. None of us have been 7 or 10 or 12 or 15 in 2022, but they're living that right now. Let's be people that encourage them to be bright, shining lights for Jesus, that they would shine their light for all to see and that the glory of the Lord will shine upon them. You know, this morning, we could quite easily sit here and go, well, I don't really have many big expectations. I've heard this before, or I haven't seen it yet. God has plans for each and every one of our lives. As Christians, so often, because of hurt, disappointment, lack of expectation, or our own expectations that are low, we sometimes can hold back. But I believe that God wants to lift the lid over our own expectations of what God can do and start to see everything through his eyes and through his word. God has got big plans for each and every one of your lives. He's got big plans for this church and he's got big plans for this town. It's not about our agendas, but it's about realigning ourselves with his purpose and his plan and recognizing that each and every person here is called to represent Jesus on this earth to make him known, to make disciples, and to see his glory displayed. How are we going to do that? The verses go back to stretch your curtains wide. You know, the, the, the people in Isaiah's time, they took what they had. They took the materials and the curtains that they had, and they started to stretch them wider. They started to patch those sections, because what they had was enough. I don't know if you've ever felt at times in your life, I just don't have enough. What have I got to give? What's in my hand? God's saying this morning, what you have is enough. If you're willing to give it to God and say, God, this is what's in my hand. It doesn't feel like much. I don't really know what I can do, but I give it to you this morning. You know, I'm excited that even before we started the service, someone had already said, oh, I can help with communion. I love serving in that way. Please put my name down. What's in your hand is enough. 
you know? I remember a few weeks ago thinking that. I was thinking about going back to work as I started on Friday. I was thinking, God, how am I going to do this? What, what is, what's in your hand is enough. I'm with you. I'm for you. I've got plans for you. Two Kings chapter 4, you come across a story of the widow who is so desperately in need of provision. And Elisha, who's God's voice piece to her, he turns up to the woman. He says, what do you have? What do you have? He says to her, what do you have in your house? I've got a jar of oil. Right, go and get the jar of oil. Now, just go and ask all your neighbors. Ask everyone around you. If they've got jars as well, come and bring them. Come and bring them because we're going to fill them. And jar after jar after jar after jar begins to be filled with oil. You know, oil represents the Holy Spirit. If all you've got is a little jar, God's saying, bring it to me because I want to fill it. I want to fill it with oil. I want to fill it with the power of my Holy Spirit. Because when you have the oil and the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life, anything is possible. God is at work within you. And he's saying, just give me what you have. Even if it's a little jar of oil, because a little container, I want to fill it. And that woman in that story, she's left with more than enough. God's saying this morning, give me what you have. I will fill it with my power and my spirit to go higher in his presence. We're going to be unpacking this theme over the next few weeks of going deeper, going higher and reaching wider. You know, stretching involves going past our current limits. I love what Paul says in Philippians 3 when he talks about pressing on. He's saying, I'm not there yet. I'm not, I'm not like Jesus yet. I'm going to press on and continue to pursue him and become more like him. It's that choosing to stretch. Stretching's a bit uncomfortable, isn't it? We don't always like to be stretched, even in the natural. Stretching is nobody's favorite thing to do first thing in the morning. But you know what stretching does? It keeps your muscles flexible, strong, and healthy. We need that flexibility to be able to maintain motion. Um, We need stretching because it helps prevent injury. Stretching improves your posture. Stretching is part of growing. And we need to stretch as a church. It's time for some of us to actually just start activating some muscles that maybe have just got a bit weak. That might be in your prayer life. That might be in reading the Bible. That might be actually in speaking out encouraging words. That might be for you another area where you know God is saying, come on, stretch this muscle. Stretch this muscle of holiness, stretch this muscle of spending time with me, stretch this muscle of serving. Whatever it is that God's challenging you to do this morning, it goes on to say, do not hold back. Can I encourage you this morning, don't let this be a year where you sit here again in a year's time and go, well, what did I do this year? I heard a few good sermons and I went to a few nice things. You know, wouldn't it be great if we said to each other, let's not hold back. Let's all collectively push forward because God has got plans and purposes for your life, for the empty seats in this room. And he's saying, come on, it's going to take a stretch. It might take some of you to feel a bit uncomfortable at times. It might not be like it like it was years ago. It might be things that you're thinking, well, I don't quite know, God. I can't see how you're going to do it yet. But God's saying, come on, it's time not to hold back. If Peter hadn't got out of the boat, what would have happened? If fear had stopped the lady who, did, who touched the hem of his garment, I wonder what would have happened to her. 
What if disciples didn't preach the gospel because of fear? What if David Wilkinson hadn't traveled to New York because of fear? What if Jackie Pullinger hadn't boarded a boat to Hong Kong because of fear? Could go on and on and on and on. Fear is the thing that will hold you back. Fear is the thing that will say to you, you're not good enough. Fear will say to you, your time's gone. Fear will say to you, well, what's everyone going to think? But when we come with faith, and when we come to God, even with a tiny mustard seed of faith, and say, God, this is what I have. This is what's in my hand. Lord, I'm going to push through. I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to allow fear to dictate what your plans and purposes are. I'm not going to allow fear to stop me from pursuing what God has called me to do. God wants us to be people this year that are ready to lengthen and strengthen. It says lengthen your cords. Go beyond the borders. Go beyond the guide ropes. You know, the bigger the tent, the longer those guide ropes have to be. And God wants us to be people who reach wider, that we have more influence in our streets, through local missions, through this town, that we begin to be speakers of Jesus, that we have opportunities to be his voice piece. Already this year, we've got opportunities um, to be able to go into different town meetings and also to be able to sit on governing bodies, to be able to begin to bring a perspective of what God thinks about these different things. What does the church, how is the church going to act in these different areas? We're going to talk a bit more in a few weeks' time about how we reach wider in our missional focus and, and how that extends, not just in Newbridge and in Wales, but across the world. And then this is a bit that I think is really key, and it's something that's really been on both our hearts throughout the summer as we unpacked our parable series. For us, this is like the emphasis as well on where we feel God is just challenging us at the church right now, today. It's about strengthening our stakes, about digging deeper. How are we going to dig deeper? You know, it's okay to stay in the shallow end, to learn how to swim, but you can't stay there forever. I think that so often it's easy to splash around. It's so easy just to dip our foot in. But God's saying, I want you to go deeper. Some have been in the shallow end for so long, maybe even decades, where you've just been dipping your toe in, or you've been splashing around in the children's pool, and he's saying, no, no, no. I want you to start going deeper and putting the things into practice that you've heard. That we're not just hearers of the word, but we are doers of the word as well. God is asking us to be his disciples. The word disciple means learner. We are all constantly learning. We're all constantly growing, or we should be. You know, we never make it because there's always new things for us to learn. When Paul says, I press on, he's saying, I've not made it yet. I've got things to learn. I've got stuff that I need to get right. I've got things I need to begin to do to strengthen myself. Being his disciple means being committed to holy living, being surrendered to God, choosing to go God's way, taking up our cross daily and denying ourselves to follow him. God wants us to strengthen our stakes. The world outside isn't getting any easier. don't know if you've noticed. The challenges that we face in 2022 are far greater than anything we faced before. You know, as leaders, we ask you to pray for us because some of the things that we're working through now 
are very different to even 20 years ago, 10 years ago. I look at some of the things that Naomi comes and questions me from school, and I'm thinking, I didn't even have to think about that when I was seven years old. We need to strengthen our states, and we need to be ready because God is going to bring people into this church that we need to be ready to disciple, that we need to be ready to enlarge and extend our tent to, but it starts with you and I. To be committed to going deeper with Christ, to knowing his word. It's only his word, his truth that can set us free. When we talk about freedom in Christ, it's not about free to live how we like, free to choose what we do, which is what the world will currently say. It's saying, God, I'm going to choose to live by your truth and by your word because that is what will set me free. Free from sin and free to live a life of fullness in God. How else do we strengthen ourselves through prayer and spending time with God? You know, I'd love it on Tuesday if the room was full like this on Tuesday night. Because everyone's gone, oh, it's not house group night. We're all down the church on Tuesday for prayer. Instead of thinking, oh, it's a night off. Or, oh, I'm not sure how comfortable I feel about going into a big room and praying. Why not step away from fear? Don't hold back. Get in your car, run down the road and get here on Tuesday. You know, nobody is going to force you to stand up and pray. If you're someone that prefers just to sit quietly and pray, that is totally fine. But something happens when we come together as church and we begin to declare his word. When we begin to choose to say, God, we're going to step into this new year. We're going to step into this new season. We're going to commit ourselves to prayer. We're going to commit ourselves to standing in the gap. We're going to commit ourselves together to seek God's face. Who's with me this morning? There's a few people are still a bit nervous out there. God wants to do a great work in your life. And that begins by saying, God, I'm going to go to prayer meetings this year. I'm going to choose to step out in faith and do something a bit different. And some of you, it is just about coming to the prayer meeting on a Tuesday night. And I know people have got different commitments. I understand family life completely. But we should be prioritizing prayer in this church. You know, when Gareth spoke earlier, and I know the notices are long, and I think for every parent out there, I'm really sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but we'll look at that for next week. But um, when we come to prayer, we're just putting little things in place to say, okay, there's lots of different ways you can access prayer. If you're a Zoom prayer, get on at 7 a.m. in the morning tomorrow. It's a great time together. Tuesday night's bringing that emphasis on prayer. Looking at prayer requests and praise reports. You know, we want to reflect those back on a Sunday morning during our worship time to say, thank God that this, this and this has happened this week. Let's begin to pray and connect together and say, God, we are going to be people who are praying and praising you because God is asking us this morning, are we going to strengthen our stakes? Being filled comes before making disciples. Love the Lord your God comes before loving your neighbor. Follow me comes before change your world, changing the world. When Jesus says all these things, he's saying, you need to be filled. You need to love the Lord your God. You need to follow me. Because then the outflow of that is seeing disciples made. Seeing ways that we can love our neighbors and going out and changing our world. All of those things are important. But I believe that God is saying, come on, it's time to dig deeper. It's time to get ready. Because this passage in Isaiah is all about preparation. He's saying, come on. 
sing, O barren woman, because this is about to happen. It hasn't happened yet, but get ready. Begin to worship. Begin to praise. Get ready to enlarge. Get ready to see what I am about to do. But what do you need to do? You need to start stretching. You need to start saying, I'm not going to hold back anymore. You need to be ready to lengthen and strengthen because God is about to do a new thing. I'm just going to get the band to come back up and we're going to get ready to finish. But the challenge today is, are we going to be people that say, I'm going to get ready to enlarge. I'm prepared to be stretched. I'm prepared to choose today to lengthen and strengthen my relationship with God. To be people who say, I'm going to dig deeper this year. I'm not going to be afraid anymore. I'm going to step into that newness that God has for me, that new step. Sometimes it's only one step. not just a nice message this morning. I'm not going to sugarcoat it because God is wanting each and every one of us to be committed to his word, to being committed to prayer, to being ready to say, I am going to stretch. I'm choosing to be challenged. I'm going to choose to just make that decision this morning. And you know, I can't get away from this last verse either because at the end it finishes like this. For you will spread out to the right and the left, and your descendants will take possession of nations and will inhabit deserted cities. It's perfect. (laughs) Just a simple daddy, daddy, daddy this morning. That's all God's asking for. Today, you know, we've prayed for our children and our young people. And we need to continue to do that. But church, when you choose to say yes to digging deeper, when you choose to say yes to living higher and to reach wider, we're not just preparing ourselves, but we're preparing the generation that are following us. And I'm passionate about this this morning. Because that is the call that God has on this church this year. Please don't worry. (laughs) It's brilliant. (laughs) Because God is going to bring more families into this place. He's bringing in children and young people who need you to dig deeper. They need you to be ready to reach wider. They need you to be people that are going to say, I'm going to choose to get this right for myself first because when they see you choosing to dig deeper, when they see you choosing to worship, when they see you choosing to turn up to prayer, when they see you choosing to commit to his word, anything can happen. And they're looking to you for the example this morning. They're looking to us and saying, we want to follow that. We want to be like that because there are people who are choosing to say we're going to stretch, we're going to enlarge, we're going to strengthen ourselves because there's a generation following. 
You know, Timothy needed a Lois and Eunice in his life. If you're thinking, well, I'm past it, I've done it already, I've been there, got the t-shirt, we need you. We need you more than ever. We need the encouragement of older generation who are going to come alongside. You know, I know that um, Steph won't mind me saying, but in the weeks leading up to Isaac being born, those moments on a Tuesday morning as some of the older women in the church got around her and just spoke life into her. You know, you don't need to know everything about Steph's situation, but we know the journey of grace that she's on. And the fact that people in this church have chosen to say, I'm going to choose to stand. I'm going to choose to encourage. I'm going to choose to journey with you. And there are countless of other stories like that in this church. We need each other this morning. Every generation throughout this house has a part to play. Some of you need to wake up the gifts within you again because God hasn't finished with you yet. We need to be a church who are ready to say, we are going to dig deeper. We are going to reach wider. We are going to live higher. And this morning as we respond, as we say yes, we're going to be people who enlarge. We're going to make space for those that are yet to sit in these empty seats. We're going to make room for more families, more children, for your next door neighbor, for the person that you've been praying for for years. It starts with us this morning. I just want to give us a moment just to reflect and to respond. I know I've shared a lot this morning, but the bottom line is saying yes to Jesus this morning. To not being held back by fear any longer. But saying, God, yes, will you enlarge my vision? Being willing to be stretched, to be ready to strengthen ourselves and to lengthen the reach that God wants us to stretch into. So if you're saying, yes, God, would you enlarge my vision this year? Would you stretch me? Would you help me not to hold back, but to lengthen the cords to strengthen the stakes this morning, then would you stand to your feet? If you're saying yes to God this morning, yes to digging deeper, yes to living higher, yes to reaching wider. Father God, all over this place this morning, we recommit ourselves to you again, Lord Jesus. God, forgive us for our complacency. Forgive us for our apathy. Forgive us for the times when we've not got it right. But God, we stand together, united this morning, saying, God, would you enlarge our vision? Would you help us to stretch out our tents, God? Would you lengthen the cords of this church, Lord? Would you strengthen our stakes? Father God, we choose today to say, God, would you break us? Would you mold us? Would you fill us this morning with more of your spirit? Can you just take your hands and I just want you to put them out in front of you. 
And from your own heart place this morning, just say, God, this is what I have. This is what I have. In this house and in this church, there is everything that God needs to make an impact in this town and this community. Because he wants to use you. And as you reach out your hands this morning and say, God, this is what I, what I have. You're saying this morning, I'm going to come and fill you. I'm going to fill you with more of my power. I'm going to fill you with my Holy Spirit. Just rest in that place this morning and allow God to fill you afresh. as we put Jesus as a center, and as we put our focus on him, we're going to declare his name in this place. Because his name is beautiful. His name is wonderful. His name sets people free. His name changes circumstances in an instant. And it's the name of Jesus that when we speak it out, lives are transformed and changed. Jesus, we need you this morning. We love you and we lift you up this morning.